Psalms chapter 137, when you got it, you can stand for the reading of God's Word. Hallelujah. I'm jumping right in because i got quite a bit here to cover, and I don't want to keep you too long. Psalm 137, we're going to read the full psalm here. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. I want you to listen to this. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive, listen, required of us a song. Now listen to what they required. Said, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Now listen to what the psalmist says. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem. Who said, raise it, raise it, even to the foundations thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed Happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be <clears throat> that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stone. Now you may say that's brutal, but what's implied here is that this is what, <clears throat> excuse me, Babylon did when they came in to Jerusalem and Israel, and took them into captivity. They killed the children. They were a nuisance, and they couldn't go as fast as everybody. They killed the children. So this is what they're saying. With the Lord's help here today, I'd like to preach on hanging harps and weeping willows. Hanging harps and weeping willows. Dear Lord, we love you, God. We're grateful, Lord, for this service this morning. We're thankful for every visitor that's come. We pray, God, that you would help them to feel welcome here today. God, we're grateful for the church folks that's come out today to worship you and to give to you in, in praise and in worship. And God, we pray that you would move, Lord, upon this sermon. God, as you've given it to us, Lord, on Monday, as I was reading my, my daily scriptures, this, this sermon came to me, Lord, early in the week, God. Lord, I'm, I'm grateful, God, that you've brought us here, Lord, to receive from you. I pray, God, that you would open my mouth with your anointing and open our ears with your anointing, God. I pray, God, that you would allow us here today, God, to get into your presence. Help us, Lord, to be able to focus and to keep our minds stayed upon you here today. And God, at the, at the end of this service, around this front, Lord, and in these altars, I pray, God, that you would bring us here, God, to, to draw close to you. Oh, be with us today, Lord. We're so grateful. And the church said, Amen. You can be seated here today. Hanging harps and weeping 
willows, hanging harps and weeping willows. So this is actually a kind of a, a different type of, of uh, psalm, all right? So the psalm here, now you got to understand that a psalm is basically a song, and I'll get into kind of the author of this here in just a moment, but I want you to understand that a song written, now listen, this is a song written while they were in the captivity of Babylon. So this is an interesting psalm by the Israelites, by the rivers of Babylon in a very discouraging time in Israel's history. All right, and as we listen to the lyrics of this psalm, and see how it, it can parallel to us in our spiritual journey today. I'd like for us to be sensitive and follow after this and compare it to our lives. So, first off, we find, and I'm going to talk about three different things here today. I'm going to talk about the, the place, the prayer, and the prophecy. The place, the prayer, and the prophecy. So even though you go through the psalm and you find discouraging times and, and you find good times, you find writers reading positive things and negative things, you find here a very interesting chapter in psalm for the fact that this psalm was written when they were already in the captivity of Babylon. So it was written a lot later on in history than what some of the other psalms were. And, and the interesting thing about this is that, that the Babylons, or the enemy of Israel to this psalmist, was asking him to sing a psalm, but he was asking him to sing a song of Zion. And so we see here that the writer says, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Now I actually Whenever I, I was talking, I was talking to a, a, a couple friends of mine here here in my office yesterday about this. And one of the things that he brought out uh, that the and he's a musician, and he said, you know, he said when you get in specific places, then you you play specific things. You know what I'm saying? So basically, it's the kind of the environment that sets it. So we see David as he's out, you know, amongst the hills and everything, begins to play his harp. Okay, he's used to the sounds that are around. Him. He can play with the chirping birds. He knows the leaves as they, as the wind blows through them. He's familiar with the sounds, and he fits right into that atmosphere. But what we find here is we find a psalmist that's in a different place, and he's in a uh, so what all all things that are familiar that's around him aren't around him, and so he looks and says, "How can I sing a familiar song in an unfamiliar place?" Hallelujah. How can I, and, I and, and what I want us to get to here today is that they were no longer living in the freedom of being able to pick up a harp and play when they desired. They were no longer in freedom of being able to pick up a harp play in the place that they desire because now they were not in freedom, they were in bondage. So that's what I want you to understand here today that the enemy was antagonizing them saying we want this specific song and they looked and said we can't sing that song because the birds that are in Zion aren't here in Babylon. You have different type of trees in Babylon than what we have over here. 
it's a different atmosphere altogether. So what we find is that they're out of their atmosphere. They're into a different culture, and they don't feel comfortable with playing the songs that they usually would feel comfortable with in their hometown. Hallelujah. And I want you to understand that many times there are things that we go through, and we have an antagonizing enemy that says, give me a song of victory now. Come on now. Give me a song of victory now. And we're saying, how can we sing a song of victory when we're in bondage? How can we give you a song? How can we sing a victory in Jesus when we don't have the victory right now? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Oh, you're going to help me preach this morning, right? How can, we, how can we do this when we're not in the atmosphere of victory? How can we do this when, when the enemy has come against us in such a way that we can no longer sing the songs of Zion? Hallelujah. And that's the place that these Uh, uh, Israelites were in whenever this was written. So we find the place, all right? And and underneath this, I want us to to understand that in this place, uh, there were hanging hopes. Hallelujah. So what are you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you that they had their instruments of harps. uh, And you need to understand here today that this man was a musician. And this man was a singer. And we'll get in here to a second uh, of of how we can find that out. But, But this man with this harp now takes his harp and he hangs it on the willows by the in other words he's hanging it up he don't want to sing about the song of Zion anymore he don't want to sing about victory anymore why because he's in bondage he has no song of victory left anymore why is it because he has no victory how can you sing about victory when you're bound hallelujah oh but I want you to understand we see a picture that's drawn here brother Stephen, of a man who who hangs it up, hallelujah, for this season of his life, I can sing no song about I've got the joy when I don't have the joy. Has there ever been anyone in this sanctuary that can agree with me and say there were times that I couldn't sing a specific song all because I did not have what I needed in order to sing that song, hallelujah. It was a discouraging time in my life. It was a time of bondage in my life. How could I sing about being free whenever I was in bondage? How can I sing about liberty when the enemy had me down and had me bound? Glory to God. So at that point in our lives, we can't sing those songs and we hang it up. Hallelujah. I should have used mine. This one's a little bit more expensive than mine, Bob. Hallelujah. Let's put it here. I'll try not to run over it. Hanging it up. Let's do it a little easier than that. I can't sing that song anymore. And in this place, when we look at this kind of expository, we find they're by the rivers of Babylon, bound. Said, there we sat down. 
we wept weeping willows when we remembered Zion. Now, what was Zion? Let me just explain just real quickly what Zion was. Zion was the eastern part of Jerusalem, and it was kind of on a hill, and we find that they write about Zion would be the city of God is what they call it, the city of God. It was a literal place that they would see. Matter of fact, a lot of the Psalms, whenever they sing a song of Zion, they wouldn't sing that song unless they were coming up to Zion. Think about that. They wouldn't see that. They, they, they had specific psalms that they could, as they were walking up into Zion, as they were ascending up, they would begin to sing those songs. Hallelujah. All glory to God. They, maybe it was something like, Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, hallelujah. When the saints go marching, marching in. Oh, how I want to be in that number. Come on now. When the saints go marching in. Sing it again with me. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, how I want to be in that number. Oh, when the saints go marching, marching in. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How's that verse go? They will crown him king of kings. Crown him king. Oh, Lord, I want one of the elders step up in that number. I shall walk him up there. Oh, I'm crown him king. Talk about crown him king of kings. Hallelujah. Come on, think about it. Picture it in your mind. Go ahead, Pastor. Zion was now destruction. Because just a little time before, Babylon came in and destroyed Jerusalem. So it's hard to sing when the saints go marching in when there is no end. When you go marching in, all you see is destruction. It's difficult for you to get excited about something when it doesn't exist anymore. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I come in and I wanted to sing something about being in the family of God, but my family's destroyed. I wanted to, I wanted to, to hear a good sermon about, about a godly marriage, but my marriage is split. I want you to understand it's difficult sometimes being in a place. Oh, Come on, somebody. It's difficult sometimes being in a place all to where you're expected to sing a song and to wear the tie the right way and to polish the shoes and to come into church and act like everything's okay. But what people don't understand is you're not in the same place you were last year. Hallelujah. Oh, you're in bondage. Oh, you're by the, by the, the waters of Babylon. 
can't sing about the saints going marching in a place that's destroyed. Ain't nobody want to march in to a place that's destroyed. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you, there are times in our lives when we're in a place that doesn't allow us to sing about Zion anymore. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So what we do, we hang up the hopes. We weep by the willows. Hallelujah. Come on now. Hallelujah. I know I'm not the only person that's ever been there, and I'm preaching somebody to, here today to somebody that's there. Hanging hopes. Around 570 B.C. We put the children in, in, in Israel and in Babylonian bondage. We find in verse 1, they're, they're captive in Babylon. We find in verse 2, they're hanging their harps and their hopes. We find in verse 3, as I said, the antagonizing enemy saying, you know what, that had a good, you remember that song that y'all used to sing, uh, you know, a long time ago before we came in and killed your children before we came, come on now, hallelujah. we want to hear that song, we want to hear that song, we want We want you to, come on, you, you do it, do it, or else I'm going to hurt you, do it or else we're, you know, and there's an antagonizing enemy that's on the outside looking at you saying, you know, sing the songs, of, sing victory in Jesus, hallelujah, sing victory in Jesus even though this week I have beaten you down hallelujah and it's an antagonite you get up and you start singing about victory in Jesus and you hear that enemy behind you talking in the ear telling you oh yeah yeah you're really victorious this week aren't you young folks you're really victorious let's see I beat you on Tuesday I beat you on Wednesday and then on Friday night I took you out and then on Saturday I would you how can you come into a service on Sunday and talk about victory in Jesus after everything that I've done to you all week long. An antagonizing enemy in verse 3. Victory in verse number 5 and 6 is nothing but a memory. What does a writer say? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. And if I don't remember, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. Now, what does this tell us about this writer? Number one, he's a musician. To be cunning in music. So we find the musicians hanging the harps up. And we find the singers saying, let my tongue cleave to the top of my mouth so I can't sing if I forget. So what were you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you here today that it was nothing but a memory to them. Victory was something that was so far away. This was the place that they were in. This was the place of hanging hopes. Psalms chapter 87, 1 through 3 says, His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of, of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. Do you know what this is? This, what I just read to you, is the first song of Zion. You look it up in your, in your Bible. It literally says the first song of Zion. Now, we're going to be singing about a city that's destroyed. And as we see, we're going to set up to our enemies and say, His foundation 
is in the holy mountains. Oh, yeah, that's been destroyed. How are we going to do that? He says, he says, the Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than, but hold on a second, the gates of Zion are tore down. Hallelujah. It's difficult. You, now do you understand the place that they're in? Are you getting what I'm talking about, about the place that the writer is in when he writes these words? Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. Glorious things are not anymore. There's not glorious things being spoken. You see, I used to have a great, te- but not any, I don't have a great testimony anymore because I, I'm just. I, I, I'm bound. I'm in bondage. I can't sing those songs anymore. Why? Because of the place that I'm in. I don't have my home. Think about this, the mentality of, the, of the, the psalmist here as he hangs his harp and he weeps by the willows. I don't have my home. I don't have my job. I don't have my victory. I don't have my family. I don't have my life. So listen. He says, the place, number two, we find the prayer. And this is what we, what we talk about, verses five and six here, where the writer says, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, at my right hand, forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave the roof of my, roof of my roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. You know what? You at this point in time, you may have taken my my joy right now. If you may have taken my home, you may have taken you may have taken these things from me. All right. But just because I can't sing a song of Zion doesn't mean I can't sing a song. Hallelujah. Come on now. Just because I can't sing a song of victory, there are more songs that are out there than the song of victory. And, you know, there's been times whenever I've been able to stand up and sing when the saints go marching in. There have been other times that I've been able to get up and sing about victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. You still got that? You still got that? Look over these words and I'll have you sing it here in a minute. But all of a sudden, now you musicians know what I'm talking about. There are times whenever something just on you. You know what I mean? And I could see as all of a sudden a man comes out and he grabs a hold of his instrument. And it begins to play. Oh, me. 
saints go marching in anymore but the devil hasn't stole the song but now it just kind of changes a little bit because of the circumstance that he's in listen to these words ready about this. Satan may have stole my place, but he can't have my prayer. <laughs> oh, come on, church. I said, Satan may have stole my place, but he can't have my prayer. Hallelujah. He can't steal my song. He can't. What are you telling me, Brother Jeff? You, somebody said, I don't have a prayer. All of that song says, I don't have a prayer without you. Hallelujah. I may not have a prayer in myself. I may not have a prayer in my circumstance. I may have no hope where I'm at, but my hope still lies in somebody who's greater than the circumstance. Somebody who's bigger than the enemy. I want you to know here today that yo, you may not have your place. You can still have a prayer. Hallelujah. 1 
1 John 5.14 says, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Mark 11 verse 24 says, Therefore I say unto you what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Hallelujah. In, in, in Romans chapter 12 verse 12, and I love this, rejoicing what in what? Not in my place, not in my circumstance, but rejoicing in hope. Hallelujah. Rejoicing in hope. Patience in tribulation. Hallelujah. Bring that up. Bring that up, sister. We're, we're reading Romans chapter 12, 12. I want you to see this here today. You say, Brother Jared, I'm in a bad spot right now. Brother Jared, I'm in a bad place right now. Oh, but you may not have your place, but you can rejoice in hope. Hallelujah. Patience in tribulation. Glory to God. Continuing instant in what? Prayer. Hallelujah. You may not have your place, church, but you still have a prayer. Hallelujah. Remember the promise. Hallelujah. Is prayer, I love what Corey Tim Boom says, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Think about that. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Hallelujah. What are you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you, pray yourself out of this thing. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I said, pray your, it may not be a deliverance that comes instantly, but can I tell you that if you continue to pray, God may not pull you out of, but he can walk with you through. Hallelujah. I said, God can walk with you through here today. Hallelujah. And this is my last point here today. We see the place. We see here in the chapter, the prayer. But we also see the prophecy. He says, remember, O Lord. Now I want you to think about what he's saying here. Remember, O Lord, he says in his prayer. And then he goes in and he, and he starts talking about Edom and then he starts talking about Babylon. You know what he's doing? He's tattling. Anybody ever tattled before? Remember, oh Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There's only three ways to enhance the taste of a good cold glass of milk, Brother Matthew. You don't like milk. Just keep playing. We're almost done. Pour it over fruity pebbles. Okay? Lay a box of Oreos beside it. Come on, Brother Stephen. Or as a child, my favorite, what do you add to milk that just makes it better? Chocolate. Now, I want you to understand, I had the most awesome, sweetest, uh, most fun to be around brother that was also the most aggravating most obnoxious guy get on your nerves about everything brother named Justin Davis and that joker I would get up and I would get grab my, my tall glass I would pour some cold milk in it and then I would I, I would put it down and I would pour some some of that syrup actually we we at that time had the, the scooping kind what, what kind was that 
What was Nesquik? Oh man, I mean, you talk about some good stuff. I poured in the. You know how you had the clumps, and you got to sit there and stir it a little more, stir it and stir it, stir it, get all the clumps. Sometimes you got to push them to the side with the spoon to break it up. You know, so you're spending time. You're invested in this thing, and you've done everything. So I'd take the spoon and I'd walk it over, and I'd I'd wash it off, or I'd put it in there, I'd turn around, and that joker of a brother would have my tall glass of chocolate milk just chugging it down. Now, I want you to understand something. At that point in time, I was pretty small. He was two years older than me. And what I would do at that point is I could do nothing. I mean, I I couldn't go fight him because he would just beat me up. There was not much that I could do. But I tell you one thing that I did do. I look at him and I say, oh, buddy, you wait till mama hears about this. Come on now, you just wait till mama here. When I tell mom, she's going to come in here and she's going to tan your hide. You know what I mean? You, anybody ever been there? You, did, you had an older brother. You couldn't do anything about it. But you knew that you could go to somebody and that somebody could step in. And they were, you, you at that point, you could, I mean, I'm telling you, here we see you, the same exact thing going on. You wait till I tattle on you, Justin. You wait till I bring this to mom and dad. They're going to come in and take care of you. You'll be sorry. I'll tell you, you wait. You're going to be sorry. And I can hear as the psalmist steps up with his harp and begins to play a song right here in Psalms 137 that's looking at Babylon saying you may be making a sing song we don't want you may have tore up Zion and there may not be a thing that I can do about it but you just wait till God come hallelujah you just you're gonna get your day oh hallelujah I want you to understand here today you may be in a place right now where you're hanging up your harps and weeping by the willows. But can I tell you that you have a promise and a prophecy that says one of these days, one of these days, devil, one of these days, hallelujah, stand all across the building, lift your hands up toward heaven and tell the devil here today, one of these days, devil, you'll be sorry. Hallelujah. 